Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the Ready Yeti membership. We've grown to have thousands of products from some amazing up-and-coming brands. Anything from skis and snowboards, jackets, hiking boots, even supplements and snack bars. It's an incredible way to save a ton on gear with discounts of up to 50% off. Join the Ready Yeti membership and do your part to help support some of these incredible small businesses that aren't just making incredible gear, but are also putting a lot of effort into social action and doing their part to create an environmentally conscious business. Join today at www.readyyeti.com members and start supporting these amazing startups and saving a ton on gear. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the founders of True Flask, Lad McKinday. Lad, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Awesome. All right. So for the listeners that may not be familiar with True Flask, how would you best describe your brand to them? That's a good question, and it's probably the question we get the most because we're obviously not the first to market for you know out, outdoor insulated bottles and tumblers and, and coolers. So I'd say the best way, honestly, to describe our brand is that it's shapely, just the, we're the little guy. Um, we're an outdoor company um, and just guys that have dreams that are trying to pursue those dreams and, and kind of make something happen in a space that we we care about and we've grown to, to care even more about. So like a lot of people are always worried about our, you know, the quality of the product. Some people think we're this huge company, which is ironic. They think we're like, uh, somebody told us they thought we were like a huge Chinese company. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And they were shocked to discover that there's only three of us. And then another, we've had other people say that, I don't know how these legends come about, but somebody told us that we were the, we were like the brother of somebody that founded Hydro Flask and we had a fight. And so we started True Flask and we just ran with it. We were like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we found out, no, that's not, none of that is true. So I don't know. I'd say we're just a group of, small group of guys trying to trying to make uh, our dreams come true in, in, an, in, a, in an area that we, we care about, which is the outdoor industry. So what made you decide to start the company to begin with? So the company is actually our, our VP uh, Caleb um, was the one that founded the company, and we have a we have a silent investor as well. And it was kind of like uh, Caleb's kind of passion. Um, I won't say passion project, but kind of. He grew up very outdoorsy, and and we're fans of all the brands that people are familiar with in the space. And it was just kind of to give people an alternative. He kind of saw like, what if we did that? That'd be fun if if I was able to do something like that. And um, he was able to to kind of map out a way that we'd be able to do that and see if we could give it a go. And that's that's really it's really that simple. It wasn't anything complicated. It wasn't a matter of um, any type of ingenuity. It was just like, oh, that'd be fun if we could do that. Let's try it. That's interesting. So you you guys launched the company in 2017. Mm-hmm. How much time did it take you to? Um, prototype your first few products that you launched uh it was a little probably a little over a year so obviously none of these products are necessarily new per se um 
as you were aware, aware of. Um, I think insulated technology has been around. I mean, companies like everybody kind of assumes it starts with Hydroflask, but it's like Stanley's been around for forever. Um, Irvo's been around. There's so many other brands that have been around for really long time um for us it was just a matter of giving people high quality goods um and a price point that was a little more competitive a little better that was a big deal for us and i guess i should backtrack because <clears throat> that was part of the reason where the idea actually came about for caleb and uh her other founder is because they had those products and they they have kids and they kept losing the products and they kept rebuying the products and it adds up so it's kind of that was kind of the initial thought and then that progressed from there so i think our biggest thing was like can we maintain high quality but make it something that um you know the person that's not an outdoor enthusiast can get and afford um and will want to you know and can we also create a brand that can kind of move into educating and and advocating for things that was that was kind of the thought and i'll have to be straightforward i wasn't at the beginning part of that conversation i came into probably like six seven months into those conversations and for me it was kind of eye-opening because and maybe you'll ask me this but my background wasn't really in the outdoor space at all so it's kind of like this is interesting this is challenging and um i saw the passion it was like yeah i want to i want to hop on board this as well so how did you get involved not being in the outdoor industry previously uh Honestly, it was just, uh, I, I don't remember how I heard of the, they were looking for someone to help with marketing, and that was my background, um, and, and I don't remember, it might have been a friend referral or a job, I don't honestly remember that, and met with them, and, and just kind of saw the passion, and uh, where it was going, and saw the potential, and the challenge, really, I thought it was very challenging. At the time, my wife and I just got married, or shortly, we had been married for a short time, a few years, and and I was kind of in this transition point where I wanted to do something different. And uh, she knew I was going to choose just because it was the hardest thing. <laughs> so it spoke to me in that sense. And it was an industry that I was always intrigued by and but never didn't really know much about. So for all those reasons, that's kind of why I decided I wanted to be a part of it. That's interesting. Okay, so the business is 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 in formation. You you guys launched twenty seventeen. You come on board. Um, did you start out with the goal of doing more direct to consumer? Were you also focused on retail? Like, how did you really grow the business in the early stages? That's a great question. So obviously we're a B two C company, but because we were, like I said, first the party, we knew that we would need you know some way to stay afloat so we kind of hit the ground just hit the road you know for lack of a better term the first year we did like so many small little trade shows and craft show whatever show would allow us to come we did just to get the kind of get the product out there because we knew there would be this skepticism of like what is this knockoff hydro flask what is this knockoff yeti product you know what i mean and so if we got in people's hands, say, oh, this is actually legit. So that was one of our goals. And the second goal is if we could get some type of retail um, presence, physical store presence within the first two years, that would be big. And we ended up being able to do both of those things. And so that, that was kind of like a confidence push as well. You know, when you're doing a business, you're kind of like you have doubts every day. So those things kind of rejuvenate you and say, okay, we're headed down the right path. Um, 
and we're doing the right thing. So we were fortunate enough that those things happen. And then we've kind of just been moving on from there. That's interesting. So I, I, I guess my next question is how would you, how did you differentiate yourselves from brands like Yeti and Hydroflask? It's an ongoing thing. And we love those brands. I want to be clear. We love those brands and respect them. Um, they've done a great job of just kind of carving out what they're about. I think for us, it's just about being ourselves. We have this little thing we say, stay true flask. And at first it was just like, oh, that's a cool thing to say, but it really was about like staying true to ourselves. And we kind of we went through a bunch of meetings, iterations of what we were about, what we want to be about, because we know the products are essentially everybody's products in the space. I can name a hundred brands to your kind of variations of the same thing. It's like, what what's different about us? Um, it really is just the people, it's us. And so we were like, okay, we just need to stay true to who we are. And, and be honest about that. And we all come from different backgrounds. Like I said, our VP, Caleb, is, is very much the guy who grew up going outdoors, Boy Scout extraordinaire. I'm the opposite. I was a kid grew up in the city. And for a lot of African-American kids like myself, you don't, you know, you're not really thinking about being outdoors. It's kind of cliche, but it's kind of like an ongoing joke. African-American community, like, you don't, you're not out there in the woods and stuff. Like, it's how you get killed. So you're going to the mall, if you're going anywhere, you're not really like outdoors. So for me, um, someone who was intrigued by like one you that, but never had the opportunity, was like, it's almost like reliving a childhood again, I guess, in a sense. So we kind of balance sure. each other out. And um, yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Phoenix. So always been in Phoenix, always been in the city. And the funny thing is Arizona has like a very diverse outdoor landscape. And I never, I think I went to like one field trip and that, I remember that field trip specifically in like middle school. We took like a southern Arizona trip. And I don't know if you've ever been to Arizona. We've got like all the, a lot of these historic western um, small towns like Tombstone. Um, sure. And we took a trip through all these towns. And I remember just being like, oh, this is interesting. This is here. And then later on in high school, um, going with friends to like Flagstaff and seeing the different, just the different landscape, how we have like desert here in the southern part, but then you go up north and it's like a completely different place. It's more like Utah or Colorado with all the pines and the snow and all that. So it was always something in my head that I felt like I kind of missed out on. And so being in this space has kind of allowed me to, like I said, kind of relive some of my childhood things that I, I wanted to do that I didn't get a chance to do. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of interesting. As, as you grow older, you, you learn different things that you um, care about and just want to do <laughs> and uh the outdoors is definitely um it's a good excuse um to get into this industry <laughs> yeah it's been very i think every day is like a learning experience and been very educational all the different just it's 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 really cool to see and and just to learn and, and grow as the as a, as a person so i think that's for me that's been the joy i'm sure that might be one of your questions but yeah it's been that's been a joy for sure. Now, across this journey, you've been with the company, obviously, a few years now. Um, there's three of you on yeah. the team. Do you guys have any mentors that have kind of helped you um, build the business uh, to where you have it now? Um, I think everybody here has like a different kind of individually, like people that they've looked up to in the, in the business world or, or, or people that have helped them in their careers or just life in general. Um, I can't speak for the other guys um, specifically, but for myself, I know that um, I'm always paying attention to kind of some of the 
the leaders in, in terms of African-Americans that are doing things. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with some of these people that I might throw out there that are just created companies and or just like kind of paved their own way. And so for me, as somebody that, um, like I said, didn't grow up within this world at all, I just try to do my best to, um, to absorb everything, to pay attention and to and try to get better every day. For sure. No, I totally understand that. Now, I'd love to talk about the growth of uh, True Flask over time. Has it been a pretty steady growth year over year, or have you seen some sort of hockey stick style, you know, growth in the business? And if so, what what would you attribute it to? Um, actually, it's been pretty steady. But I mean, there are moments for sure within like and like the, on the micro scale where it has been, you know kind of more of a hockey stick. I've never heard that analogy, but I, I like it. Um, and then other times it's overall, it's been pretty, pretty steady. We've been very fortunate, I think, um, and had a lot of luck things go our way and bounce our way, um, to kind of be in the position that we're at. I think we're constantly answering the, the questions of like our brand and one of our focuses this year is trying to be more out there with our brand, which is ironic that I'm doing this podcast. We've kind of been like, let's just the products speak for themselves and, and dealing a lot with like the retail side, the B to B side, which is, you know, so much about, you know, consumers knowing about who's behind these things. It's really about like number, a numbers game, right? So now we're like, okay, we really want to kind of put ourselves out there more and, and kind of connect with people and show them who we are and the kind of the personality of the, of the business and the brand. So I'd say... It's, it's always kind of evolving, as you know, when you're running a business, like literally every day. But um, our growth has been steady. We just, we've just we had moments where just things have just happened and bounced our way that it worked out. And, and I don't know how, how deep you want me to get into those specific moments of things have just kind of bounced our way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like if you got one that you that you um, yeah. think off the top of your head. Yeah, for sure. I kind of mentioned this earlier. So I think it was a little over a year, maybe a year and a half into it. We were trying to get retail, you know, present just so we could have kind of some solid <clears throat> footing to move forward. And we got um, kind of out of the blue. Um, we got hit up by uh, by a large grocery chain, Winco, and we were like, "Huh." And it was we, we kind of thought it was a joke, but not. We were like, "Okay, well." And we ended up having a, a friend, the third guy that came on, Mark, is our director of sales. His wife had ended up uh, working or knowing someone at the company. And that was just, the irony was too great. And we ended up kind of making a deal with them. That's still, they're still one of our strongest partners. And that was, you know, it wasn't like we were heavily looking at them per se. And, you know, they loved what we were trying to do and trying to build. They loved the kind of the presence we had online that we were building. They could see where we were going and it just kind of worked out. And that's still like one of our strongest partners. And that happened at a crucial time where it was kind of like, okay, we're kind of running low on the funding that we had gotten and we have to show some results here. And, and then boom, that kind of happened. And so moments like that happen, um, things that have people you meet at, at OR, you familiar with OR, outdoor retailer? Sure. Yeah. We've been a few times. Yeah. So just little things that have happened and, and it's funny, it's no matter what business you're in, it's still the end of about relationships and about people. So that's kind of been, our bread and butter, you know, we're not a huge conglomerate, you know, we're just three people. So we 
trying to be ourselves, be personal, and just talk to people, and you never know. So uh, since you obviously were, were talking about the outdoor industry, um, I want to ask you, how do you guys keep sustainability sort of front in mind, especially being a brand that manufactures a, a physical product? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a constant that's discussion we have here. So when we started, we had this list of, you know, of ideals, things we wanted to do. And I was having a conversation actually recently with uh, somebody at a cleanup that we we do. We partner with an organization called Natural Restorations, and they do um, they have a dual purpose of their organization. It's a really really awesome organization out of in Phoenix here, and they do these cleanups all over Arizona um, with the community. They got hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that come out and do that. But on the other side, they employ military veterans um, that come back. They're looking for work. They employ them on their they call it the dedicated restoration team. And these individual and these people like they go and do like the real serious um, graffiti removals or huge pickups of, of things that like regular people can't pick up using equipment and stuff like that. But I was having a discussion with um, somebody <clears throat> from a large company about this and how like it's really hard how the kind of our system in Western just capitalism makes it very difficult to um, do all the things you'd like to do ethically. So it's kind of like a constant struggle for us. And we kind of decided on that we want to do as much as we can. We keep these goals. We want to do as much as we can right now. And so, yeah, being pr- perfectly honest with you, we have plastic in our production cycle. And it's annoying, but we're trying to get to a place of growth where we can we can cut that out completely. Um, and, and so another just kind of point, I think I was at OR, I actually heard uh, somebody from Clean Canteen, I don't remember if it was the VP or somebody speaking at a, a, a seminar, and they're just talking about how you can't beat up on yourself. And, and I think a lot of the, sometimes the culture that I've noticed can get to this kind of weird place where it's like, um, there's almost like a shaming culture, I guess, in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where sure. it's just like, I think the best thing we can do is educate. And that's one of the things I love about natural restorations because they realize that like a lot of this stuff is, is just kind of how culture is, especially here in America. Right. And the way to kind of, for that is people need to know. And I'm a perfect example of that. And I can speak to that personally because I didn't know a lot of things because I wasn't involved or out, an outdoorsy person at all. And I'm still growing into that. And so you can't expect people that, um, you know, there's a lot of people like that, that, that are lived by less means or they're not as fortunate and they don't even know even where to start. And so I think we try to make it as simple as possible, be practical as opposed to like, trying to boil the ocean we try to simplify things like start with the simple things um we give a reusable grocery tote bag with every online purchase that people uh, make from us so they get that that's a simple thing right um i work with natural restorations and doing the cleanups and they're they're about to hit over a million pounds of trash removed from uh outdoor spaces in arizona they'll do it this year so that's huge for us. Um, education, we're trying to launch a program where we're going to these schools um, with, with natural restorations and educating young people. And we see that at the cleanups now that we've been doing that over a year with them. We see um, you know, families, young kids, and those are the things I think that over time bring change. And I know it's like difficult because really when you start hearing about all the problems, it's very easy to wanna just like, you know, do everything at once, but it's, it's you have to be practical and, and, and be kind of long suffering and patient with people as well. 
that make sense? I was long-winded. Oh, no, I think that that's, uh, it, it's not a simple thing. I think, you know, it is uh, one of the key pieces that a lot of people kind of uh, look over, like, because obviously the environment is a very important um, thing, just whether you're an outdoorsy enthusiast or just someone who lives here, <laughs> you know, um, right. it's important. And I think it's it's good just to show how brands are trying to, address it and it's not like a you know do everything all at once kind of opportunity because like you said a lot of it has to do with scale and and everything that kind of comes together over time and as long as it's something a brand has um sort of in their mind while they're growing i think that's what's most important yeah and and, and you're 100 percent correct and I, I i just you know that's something that's huge to me because i think it could get discouraging um you look at you look at families and people that just are like trying to make ends meet or get by, and they are not control legislation and they're not thinking about some of these things. They're just thinking about survival, right? So exactly, I think it has to become an educational thing where it's like it becomes a part of just how we live, and that takes a lot of effort. And there's so many people, so many companies, big and small, that are advocating and pushing awareness. So that's I think that's a huge thing for us too is, is helping to educate because. Once you start knowing, it's something you can't like, it's like when you see something, you can't unsee it. And I think, you know, even right now with what's going on in the world and we see what's going on in Australia and these images and they're, they're really hard to look at, but it's like you're forced to look at it. You know, it's not just rhetoric. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're forced to see it. And I think when that happens and throughout history, when that happens in any type of movement, that's when you start to see change because people see it, you know, then they can't avoid it. They cannot not look at it. And so they're, start to rethink some of the choices so it's kind of where we we stand on that yeah for sure now uh, i want to pivot back to um true flask how um you know over the years building the brand what were some of the biggest mistakes that you guys have made Jeez, we make them every day (laughs) (laughs) um my goodness uh so (laughs) I mean, there's there's something every week. It's like you're just learning. Um, I think I'm trying to think of a few. There's just there's so many. Honestly, I'm trying to think of someone some that are somewhat interesting. We have like I think sometimes it's like selections that we make, um, the anticipation of things that might happen in business. Like you order some things and and you have the feeling you think how it might go, and then. And then you realize that, like, oh, that was the wrong decision. Like, we've made some bad decisions on colors, um, like, for some of our products. We've made some bad design decisions on, like, lids and they end up not working out. Um, even events to go to, uh, just all, the, I mean, literally all the time. You're learning all the time. Um, I know it's boring, but it's, just, it's an everyday thing, I, I honestly. No, I think it's an important point to bring up is the fact that um, it's not like a business makes one or two or three big detrimental mistakes that like it's really just an ongoing learning experience as yeah. you grow. And I guess as you become more successful, you're making less mistakes because you've learned. <laughs> I think least... honestly, here's a funny part to sorry to cut you. I think no, no, yeah, go for it. It's like I don't think it's about like you make less mistakes I, asked, I remember it was Gary Vee or somebody that said this or said it in a different way but it's like you get to success by just making the least amount of big mistakes because you're going to make 
mistakes every day. It's literally like a part of success is failure. But, or a prerequisite for success is failure, you could say, and I believe that. But I think it's avoiding the huge, huge mistakes. Like you're gonna make a bunch of small mistakes, that's fine. But avoiding those like huge, like catastrophic mistakes, I think is the key to eventually finding yourself in a place like, okay, wow, I can't believe we did this. Knowing yeah, for sure. <laughs> small mistakes throughout the, but I'm sure you guys at your business have the same thing where you're like, well, as long as we avoid like the fatal shot, the kill shot, we keep going, we'll be all right. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> it also helps with the stress level when you don't make the big mistakes. <laughs> this, is a, this is very true. Um, so what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor space or really just a business in general? I would say just go for it. Stay true to yourself. We, we say that and it's like our thing around here now, just stay true. Um, stay true to who you are, believe in what you're trying to do, knowing that you're back to what we just talked about, that you're going to have failures. It's not always going to be perfect that you're going to have some really, um, tough, decisions and, and times you're like what are we doing what you know but just stick with it don't quit and stay true and remember why you you wanted to start in the first place and yeah you can go for it the worst thing that happened is you fail and what does that mean it just means you learned so it's always better to have tried than to have been afraid yeah, to you try <laughs> you don't want to wonder what if and what could have been and Maybe I would have been able to do it. I don't know. But if you just go for it, the worst thing happens, you don't, it doesn't work out, and you, but you learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key to life. It's uh, taking those chances um, so that you can learn and so that you don't have that sort of just hesitation and, and almost regret, <laughs> you know? Because like, when you talk to people who are older or, like, on their deathbed, they never regret, like, the... The, the risks they took or like the chances they took on like trying to do something there was oh they're always like well i wish i did this i wish i did that not like i wish i did less <laughs> yeah you know no, you're, all right yeah um so let's talk about the future of true flask where do you see true flask going in the next year five years ten years down the road world domination no uh, <laughs> uh you know it's hard to, you know it's funny as I get older, those questions, like the where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, I don't know. I had a mentor of mine who used to say, like, those questions are, are, are kind of silly in a sense. No offense to you, but it's just like we're just trying to be in the moment and, and, and do what we have in front of us. Obviously, we would love to be in a position where our brand is more well-known, where we're able to have more impact on the things we're passionate about, kind of back to what we talked about earlier, where we're able to – advocate and educate and be doing more of that, that kind of fun stuff and not just selling products and kind of be known for something. But I think if we just keep on our path and stay true to ourselves, that, that those things will happen. Um, and that's all we can really do. I think sometimes it's easy to get just caught up in like, especially with social media and just how things seem to work these days and trying to quote unquote make it or whatever that means, as opposed to just like being diligent to the process, being diligent to, going about things the right way and learning so that when you do end up with whatever you define as success or where you want to be, that now you can actually use that platform and make a positive impact. I think that's a really great point. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people do get overly obsessed with the destination and they don't enjoy and appreciate the journey, which is usually always the fun part. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's very easy to lose sight of that. 
Now, I want to ask you, um, what's your favorite part about being involved and helping to build and run True Flask? For me personally, it's just the stuff that I'm learning. Um, like I said before, just going back to my childhood and not really, like I don't think I had actually gone camping ever as a kid growing up or done anything like that. Um, so it's just learning more about things that I kind of saw from the periphery or from a distance and just making those connections, meeting people, um, the friends we've made at natural restorations, friends that we've made at, at OR, um, just the stuff that I've been able to, to learn and see. Um, I'll be honest with you, 10 years ago, the things that are going on in Australia happened. I'd be like, wow, that's sad, but I wouldn't really be able to connect the dots or have that much of a feeling down there because I, w I wouldn't be aware of all the, the way it's connected to how we live. Um, so that's just kind of the fun part. Obviously there's the challenge of trying to build a brand and, and trying to uh, get your message across to people and all that stuff that from a, just a purely nerdy marketing business standpoint is, can be fun at times, but it's the other stuff that's more important. This past weekend we were at a cleanup and you just see the diversity of people that were there from kids to, you know, there's one lady on a walker and it's just cool, you know, to see and how people are kind of understanding and, and changing how the kind of the, the landscape it's and the winds are shifting and changing for, for the better, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely exciting to see something like that. Know that you're involved in something that is bigger than yourself. Um, now, I want to let anyone know who's listening to this episode before January 28th, you can actually enter to win a 20 liter uh, cooler from True Flask along with a ton of other um, adventure travel gear at readyeddy.com. So just head over to Ready Eddy for your chance to win. Um, and uh, with that, I really want to um, thank you, Lad, for taking the time to come on the podcast, share your story, the story of True Flask, and um, all the things that you guys are, are working on. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, I think what you guys are doing is great. It's, you know, it's just cool to be able to be a part of a larger thing and have a small part in it. And so I appreciate you guys and for having me on today. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddy Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.